0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure...
0: Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with a forlorn Drew Dinsick, uh, both uh, sharing forlornness after whatever the hell happened in Bills, Eagles, the type of game, Drew, that for me makes me thankful for the health of my children uh, because there's (laughs) nothing else good in the world after a loss like that. Just completely (laughs) uh, and utterly ridiculous. Uh, We will talk about that game, I am sure, as well as The other games uh, on the Sunday slate we're recording after Lamar Jackson has just passed for a touchdown to go up 7-3 against the Chargers during Sunday Night Football. We'll talk a little bit about the Thanksgiving games, week 13 openers, and then close out with Bears-Vikings. But let's begin with the headliner. Uh, How did you feel about Bill's Eagles?
2: Oh, it was miserable. (laughs) Then like... I got the over home. I got a three and a half home. I shouldn't be being a baby about this, but this is now the third game in a row where I've had feel like I've had the right side against the Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs, and now Bills, and the Eagles just find ways to win. Um, if there is a uh, like, if this entire NFL season is just a practical joke of the football gods being like, uh, you know, we're just gonna. You know, tease you. Somebody's just going to keep winning, and we get to Eagles, Steelers, Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to have a good laugh because I don't understand how they keep doing it, Jay. Um, this Eagles team was beat uh, badly. I thought on you know just in terms of Bills' offense versus uh, Eagles' defense for the majority of this game, and yet uh, the one fluky turnover turnover from Josh Allen set the Eagles up for an easy score to go up. Uh, by four, and it was like, wow. I guess I'm just gonna lose everything. Cool. Um, and the Beagle, the the Bills drive, score a touchdown. You're like, here we go. Like this is the Bills I've been waiting for. And then their defense just laid down. Um, credit to Jalen Hurts. Uh, big handicap that uh you know has or big angle that uh, has been discussed uh, ad nauseum these last handful of weeks on this podcast and others. Uh, the lack of mobility of Jalen Hurts. He looks pretty doggone spry on that touchdown run to end the game, Jay. (laughs) That was at the end of four and a half quarters of play. And um, this Bills defense was not expected to be like, especially. Good in terms of like keeping, you know, keeping the game in reach from a defensive standpoint. Um, and the fact that Sean McDermott came into that game and had a very laissez faire attitude and you know, really just didn't seem to feel the, um, you know, the pressure that I think everyone else who has any stake in the bills was feeling, uh, was pretty frustrating. Uh, this feels like a little bit of uh, requiem for the Bills. I don't know how they claw their way back into the mix now with uh, some of these other teams winning games who are in the wild card hunt, and the Dolphins running away from them. Um, but uh, yeah, that loss uh, hurt for a number of reasons beyond just uh, you know the results uh, for that game. Um, I guess credit to anyone that took the middle. This cross three. This close two and a half. And if you took the middle and you won both, then Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, I think Lane Johnson being ruled out kind of out of nowhere uh, after he popped up on the injury report this morning certainly played a part in it closing two and a half. I think, the look, the Cowboys game, that was a coin flip and the Cowboys, they should have won uh, when they were at first and five from the six, but they should have lost after uh, they were pinned well back to begin that drive last two games are a complete joke. The Eagles shouldn't have won either of these <laughs> games, but credit to them. And I think the re- one of the reasons outside of you know, luck, which has played a big role, if MBS or Justin Watson can catch anything, then uh, they are not 10-1 and now. And if uh, Gabe Davis and Josh Allen are on the same page at the end of this game, then they're not 10-1 and now either. Yeah. But a big part of why they are is that they don't have Sean McDermott as their coach. They have a smart person as their coach. And Sirianni, <laughs> they just make the right decisions. They just do the right stuff. And I they don't do. And clearly, – they're not a bad team or anything. They're one of the f- five best teams in the league. But they just get the most out of every position in the game as opposed to McDermott who just – um, he has to start doing the George Costanza thing of just start doing the opposite of whatever you think, Sean, because you'll get closer to the correct answer. The way he managed the end of the game by calling the second timeout before the field goal, like Sean, Aww. if he makes it, you need you need your timeouts. Kneeling with when you have Josh Allen with 20 seconds and a timeout, just throw the ball downfield, see what happens. If it gets picked, so be it. It doesn't matter. Uh, that was a complete disaster. I have no idea what their plan was on defense at the end either. How they gave—they're just playing soft coverage the whole way, and they give give up that ridiculous uh, pass on the right sideline to Devontae Smith on the key third down. It's like, what, what was the plan? Like, what's what's going on here, Sean? Uh, so just a complete mess. I think that the the reckoning is coming for the Eagles, uh, and I think it's probably going to come next week against the Niners.
2: We're but- running out of time, man.
0: <laughs> well, it almost does, it doesn't matter if the record. It
2: almost doesn't I'm matter. Like, yes. It's so the they,
0: they I it almost banked enough. Like, it matters for Hurts' MVP. I think yeah. the will probably yeah. think that. And he's the clear favorite in the market now. And I agree that after this, he, he should be the favorite. But I'd certainly be taking the field Man. over Jalen Hurts. Uh, and it's not that close. He, he was magnificent in the second half. But uh, to your point, he... He does look more mobile. At the same time, he had Linval Joseph on an island one on one and couldn't get past him in space. So I, and look, Hertz isn't the quickest guy. He's more like fast and strong, I guess, but uh, you would expect that Jalen Hertz could beat Lynn Valjosef out in space and he couldn't today. So this doesn't look fantastic, but clearly he looks good enough uh, to get these, uh, to to lead this team to these wins, which just get more uh, farcical by the week. All right. Everything else from Sunday. What stood out to you most?
2: Uh, Jacksonville beating Houston. was massive. Um, the Jags let Houston hang around, and they hang around, and hang around, and hang around, and uh, that was uh, still very, very close in the end. Um, Jacksonville, I think, with that win, effectively secures an AFC South and a home playoff bid, and actually is tied with uh, the uh, the top teams in the AFC for, you know, one seed, which is of interest uh, as it looks like, uh, you know, Baltimore may have the goods to take care of L.A. tonight. And, uh, you know, certainly we saw Kansas City do their thing and Miami do their thing. So it's – it's uh, the AFC is still very status quo-y. Um, nothing shocking there. Uh, I think uh, we can stick a fork in Cincinnati. Uh, the uh, The Jake Browning experience was underwhelming. <laughs> think we can stick a fork in cleveland i think in yeah, terms of getting yeah. into the playoffs <laughs> the no,
0: GTR not for that but th- i mean they're in the playoffs right now they still have a good defense even if garrett and we'll, we'll get to garrett probably during the week once we get a prognosis but it doesn't look good for miles garrett if you can't right. raise his shoulder and he says that he heard a pop i would guess that he's done for the year They still have a good defense outside of Garrett and they still have seven wins banked. And the AFC, the bottom of the AFC doesn't look very good. So I think they can still make the playoffs. But if they do, they're going to have to squeak in. Like they get to play Tim Boyle and Jake Browning still on the schedule. So that could easily be two wins there and then you're at nine. Uh, But yeah, they are. They are certainly. You would have said that about
2: Pittsburgh, Jay. They made it hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's Pittsburgh though. They're They're not very good. Though they did look like a more... Uh, Pickett looked better today and he had some moments. He had an absolute dime to Deontay Johnson down the right sideline, which he seems to be good for once every three weeks. Yeah, he
2: he gives you a dime every now and then.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he can throw a nice ball. It's just everything else. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about all the awards stuff and the repercussions there um, during the week. But in terms of the games today, uh, Houston, Jacksonville, I agree. That's probably the most relevant just in terms of I mean, the Jag. If the Jags lose that game, all of a sudden the complexion of the season yeah. looks quite different. The Texans are now, have secured the tiebreak. They're in first place in the AFC South. CJ Stroud is like the would be like the fourth favorite for MVP in the market. Perhaps not unjustifiably so, to be honest. Yeah, right, honestly, yeah. Uh, when it was fourth and twelve. I just assumed that they were just going to bring C.J. <laughs> Stroud out and he was just going to convert it. I've, I feel like I have more faith in C.J. Stroud playing quarterback than anyone in the league right now, which I know is wrong, but uh, uh, hey, with his weapons.
2: Especially C. because you know who they did try it out? Matt Amendola. Yeah. You know Matt Amendola's, like he's a career 60% field goal kicker and his career long was 49.
0: Yeah. So I know he, he was, he, <laughs> he
2: was going to make 58. You had a better chance at a Hail Mary probably.
0: Well, to be fair, he did hit the crossbar. And he it was did dead straight. It was he did down the middle. He's he did. He just needed break six,
2: break. six more inches. Yeah, six more inches, and he's there. But still, like that would have been his career long by nine yards. <laughs> like
0: I, yeah, yeah, I would have kind of started crazy. Yeah, I would have put the offense back out there. But I'm sure D'Amico probably knows more uh, I than I so. do about the capabilities of his team. But how quickly this changes? Because if if that kick goes in, and then uh, the Texans are a coin flip to win in overtime and they win the game, then D'Amico Ryans is like, you're clear, clear coaches are your favorite. And now he has like a way worse case than Shane Steichen, honestly, because both those teams are six and five in the same division. And uh, D'Amico has got the second coming of Peyton Manning or Jesus as his quarterback, and Shane Steichen's lost his quarterback and he's out there with like a really bad version of Gardner Minshew so, I, there's no arguments to me for D'Amico <laughs> over Shane Steichen. And look, I don't think Shane Starkin's going to win Coach of the Year. Uh, I don't really know who's going to win Coach of the Year, to be honest. I think Campbell is back to just being the default favorite. It's the Lions. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who
2: I don't feel like giving it to. The guy that got his teeth kicked in by Matt LaFleur at home on Thanksgiving. What in the world? Like, the look, look, look. I will have unresolved anger over that Lions loss for... A couple weeks probably because that cost me a lot of money (laughs) and it it it, that's stunk like the lack just the just the complete lack of juice that the Lions came out with in that game and letting love run all over them the first half and golf like some of those absolute boneheaded mistakes from golf like uh, you're gonna that's your coach of the year That's that's your that's your coach of the year so someone else can vote for them not not me uh, so, I know. No.
0: It's just to get... This. Here's the thing with Campbell. Here's my theory about coach of the year uh, before we get back to the games. So in week 17, there is a Saturday night standalone primetime game uh, on December 30th, I think, between the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. And if Dan Campbell wins that game, I think he's just going to win Coach of the Year, assuming it gets them to 12-5, 13-4. That will be just such a momentous win in primetime. The Lions probably to clinch the division. Uh, and then I think that you need to be able to project forward momentum in this stupid award. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, that'll that be pretty material. But I agree. And that was a complete mess of a showing on uh, – on thanksgiving uh and i feel i feel your uh, your anger uh, at dan campbell costing you money you know what i did drew because i could feel that the same <laughs> anger was going to be uh would be emanating from me at sean mcdermott and so when the bills were driving uh at the end of the fourth quarter and they were i don't know they were like the 20 or something with two minutes left and the live line in the market was pick and normally, I'm not just, you know, large betting off of feel in those moments. Usually, I take a more measured scientific approach. I'm not betting game markets as much as I'm betting futures yeah. and, and other stuff. But in that moment, I was like, there's just no way the Eagles are not favored to win this game. There's yeah. just absolutely no way that I don't think the Eagles have yes. more than a 52% chance to win this game. And Sean so
2: McDermott, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, he, he has the juice. Sean McDermott does not. That, uh, that's about right uh, and you know uh you know there was a lot of that this week I guess uh, one other kind of important note hat tip to you uh Jets team total under was a uh, rocking chair winner even with six defensive points in there uh, yeah um, Tua tried to a try to ruin your Black Friday uh, but uh, yeah so no uh no 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 juice whatsoever from the Jets uh, and I guess, People probably slept through this because it's Thanksgiving night. Um, and it was not a competitive game, but um, the Seahawks look like an absolute like we kind of knew that this wasn't a good matchup for them, and you know, that this is laid the points of the Niners and just call it a night type of stuff. But uh, boy, oh boy, they were really, really bad. Gino looks beat up and lost. The offensive line was an absolute atrocity. Um, Seahawks, are they candidates to lose out? I think it's not out of the realm.
0: I mean, they have a brutal schedule. I will say that after the first drive where the Niners just marched down the field with comical ease, the Seattle defense was better after that, and then the score at the end was a little bit um skewed by uh my man Brock Purdy with a hundredth percentile dime to Brandon IU for that last touchdown. Yeah. But I thought the defense was fine, Witherspoon was incredible in that game. Uh and the offense, the offense is what it is. Gino's not that good. He's the sixteenth best quarterback in the league or something behind a bad offensive line, and then when you come up against the Niners defense, it's rolling. Uh, you're probably going to be in some trouble. All right. Before we get to the week 13 openers, Drew, it's a career first for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. The reigning MVP will travel to Lambeau Field for the first time in his career when he takes on the second-best quarterback in the NFL, Jordan Love, and the Green Bay Packers. Coverage begins at <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. Uh, so that's That team has quick. juice. It does. Jordan was incredible, admittedly against the Lions defense, which might be one of the pew, five. Pew, pew the yep. yeah, but he was uh But he was pristine uh, nice. in that game. So that's a good. NBC keeps on conjuring these good Sunday night games out of nowhere. Like Vikings Broncos was supposed to be terrible three weeks yeah. ago. All of a sudden, a lot of juice Remember
2: how out. hard we laughed about Bill's Giants? Yeah. That game was good.
0: Yeah. Another game that Sean McDermott tried to butcher. Very Eesh. on brand. Yeah. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's, too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure... Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
0: Week 13 openers are the most compelling line of this Group Or at least the most interesting one to me is that the Niners, uh, who were one and a half point dogs uh, yesterday, I believe, in Philadelphia, are now one and a half point favorites. And the Eagles uh, lost in the bedlam of that absurd victory was that they are kind of hurting now with personnel where Lane Johnson missed with the groin. Jason Kelsey came out of the game and then we'll see what's up with him. Uh, Fletcher Cox left the game Jordan Davis Jalen Carter all these guys left the game at some point so they are really banged up they've just had this overtime game after a short rest now the Niners who talked a lot of smack after the NFC title game about how they should have won if they had their quarterback they've had they'll have 10 days for this game and I it's absurd to say that you know I, I would be stunned if the Eagles win this game like they're one and a half point dogs at home and they're really good but I would kind of be stunned if the Eagles win this game. I think this is all. They just can't keep doing this. And the Niners are in as good a spot as possible, fully healthy to be able to do this. But what do you think of that line and what else stood out from the openers? Yeah, Niners results. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, famous last word. It, <laughs> it does feel like Niners by 20. Uh, uh, Watch Jalen Hurts throw a Hail Mary pass. Niners, uh, yeah. Seven humans to yeah. win it at the end.
2: Niners with their quarterback. And with extra rest for this game and with the injury situation the way that we are currently uh, uh, you know, currently looking at uh, the fabric of this matchup, it is Niners. I agree with the line shift. I don't think it's an overreaction to today's results. I think this probably closes Niners 3 once the dust settles and we know who's available. The Niners cornerbacks are definitely susceptible to getting beat by Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. That duo is very scary. And Jalen Hurts is playing incredible football right now. This is not even in any way a slight at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. But the Eagles defense is haveable. And the Niners can do it. The Niners can get to 30 points, I think, pretty comfortably. And you just need a couple couple of stops from a defense that is much better than the Bills defense that couldn't get the stops we needed today. So, yeah, I think over 46.5 is a bet. I think Niners minus one and a half is a bet. And I think uh, if the Eagles continue to win these games somehow, some way, I'm going to have uh, some serious soul-searching to do in this offseason.
0: Yeah, I am, uh, <laughs> I am with you there. It's just, yeah, has truly descended uh, into farce. Steel is a six and a half point favorites. That doesn't sit right. I don't know. <laughs> oh no,
2: the the oh you didn't you haven't you haven't seen the new offense now with no Matt Canada. I mean
0: I saw it. It wasn't it, great. Jay, it was okay.
2: 400 yards today. I mean, yeah. you know. We're cooking. Uh yeah, twenty points is not uh yeah. Not no 16, six, excuse me, sixteen points. <laughs> uh not not as impressive an output as we should have seen from that offense today.
0: No, I don't think so. Uh other lines of note, the Lions, who were two-and-a-half-point favorites this morning uh, against mm-hmm. New Orleans in New Orleans, are now mm-hmm. three-and-a-half-point favorites with New Orleans. I mean, they didn't have any wide receivers by the end of that game. Shahid yeah. does his buy. Chris Olave gets concussed. So you watch. Dan Campbell going to be back to plus-125 in the market in seven days after I – I don't know, man. I
2: don't, I don't have a good read on the Saints. Um, I have – I made a big bet on the Saints to win the AFC South when I thought they were yeah, the clear, the clear better team. Today's loss was like a vote of no confidence in everything that they're trying to do. Um, five field goals. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no one in the building thought like this is a high leverage game. We really need to have the good plays ready to go in those highlight moments. No, no, we'll just kick field goals. Hopefully, we'll get to. We just need eight field goals to if they're gonna if we're gonna you know allow twenty one points. And yes, seven of those were a pick six. Uh, but yeah, it was um, that was a uh, that was a shocker of a result. Twenty four fifteen in favor of the Falcons. And um, yeah, credit to. Um, Art Smith and the Desmond Ritter and company. But, uh, yeah, New Orleans is a tough handicap. I can't believe that Detroit on the road is, pa- is outside of three. That doesn't feel right. Um, the other one that really shocked me is, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you saw this on Thursday, Jay. Mm-hmm. Dallas closed 13.5-point favorites.
0: This is the other one. This is <laughs> line. will be double digits against the Commanders. I don't understand how it's only nine. Yeah. I don't that
2: both both of them, right? Like, why isn't Dallas outside? Why isn't Dallas double digits? Why isn't Miami double digits? What am I missing?
0: I think the Seahawks are still fine, and if you want to say that the Seahawks are like a neutral team, and then the Cowboys are five and a half to six points better than your average team, mm-hmm. and then you add in home field, and you get to seven. That one doesn't. That one doesn't strike me as mm-hmm. too off. Uh, I mean, it's not long ago that. You know, the Seahawks were like what what were the Seahawks in Baltimore? They weren't they were were they six yeah. six and a half? Did you now, see
2: those uh those sequences in the first half of that game where they elected to have Jason Peters on the field?
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're <laughs> doing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But uh the Dolphins are gonna I would be pretty surprised if that closes single digits against the commanders team yeah. that they, they, yeah. they, they don't have any pass rushes anymore, uh, which is a problem. Uh, and they don't have a secondary, which, again, is a problem, particularly against Miami. So I would expect that that closes 10. Um, yeah, I, I think Dallas
2: is catching money too. Dallas and Miami, I think both uh, close double digits.
0: Okay. Well, I like it. Bold call on uh, on the Cowboys. Hopefully they don't uh, spend all their bullets before uh, they have to take down. We need another team, another good team and a real team uh, to take down the Eagles the following week. Uh, but hopefully... My man, Brock Purdy, can do it first. All right, before we get to Bears-Vikings, a reminder that Bet the Edge isn't the only show every weekday during the NFL season. You can also check out the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, Connor Rogers, and myself. It airs live on Peacock at noon Eastern, re airs at 4 p.m. and is available on our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it.
1: You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
0: Vikings minus three, home to the Bears. Total is 44. This line opened four and a half. Vikings and then with Justin Jefferson, very unlikely to play uh, the line, and perhaps there it it was some natural movement as well to get the line down to three. Do you think it's moved to enough, too much? Where do you stand on this guy?
2: I think it has gotten to the correct price point. That said, I think there was a bet outside of three. Uh, I think it's largely just still counting on the Bears' defense being slightly underrated by market. Um, <clears throat> Josh Dobbs is a very unique case in terms of trying to handicap him as a quarterback. Uh, it is clear that at times with Kevin O'Connell, this is, guy's ceiling is higher. Like There certainly is an opportunity with su- a superlative pass protection and outstanding skill position play the Vikings are a dangerous offense. Uh, Justin Jefferson not expected to go. Uh, Bears defense is at absolute peak full strength right now. Uh, this should be an opportunity for them to keep uh, you know keep Fields and company in the game. And if uh, you know if if we see something competitive in this lands three either way, I won't be surprised. I think three and a half was small value Chicago. Um, I have some three and a half in my. Uh, in my betting accounts, and I will hope that uh, it gets there. Three and a half is, uh you know, I will kind of qualify that the Vikings-Bears game we saw in Chicago a couple, couple weeks ago was a little different for a lot of reasons, right? Yes. Like, there were it was unique circumstances. It's always different when they play in the Dome in Minnesota versus Chicago. In fact, of all of the... um of divisional rivalries we have in the nfl this is the one that feels the most venue dependent right like the games in chicago are always super gross ugly low scoring bloodbath type of stuff whereas the games in the domes are always a little bit more free-flowing offense a little bit more Mm -hmm. high octane and uh so i hope justin fields and company bring their you know a game and and have a competitive product here but um i would expect this probably closes three if it dips to two and a half, am I going to have a, a real serious look in the mirror and think about betting Minnesota? Yes.
0: Yep. No, I think that's a fair breakdown. Uh, two things on this game. One, there's still, I think, a certain shine on Josh Dobbs where I think a lot of people would say that there is not a huge uh, quarterback advantage in this game. I would, maybe it's not huge, but I think that Justin Fields is is definitely the quarterback that I would want in this game. I think he's just better than Josh Dobbs. And the other thing, too, is that uh, having watched a lot of Vikings the past few weeks uh, with my interest in Kevin O'Connell, Coach of the Year, which is alive again, uh, given Dan Campbell's loss and all the chaos in that market where if he wins the division now, I think he'll win that award. Uh, this the sneaky thing that I've noticed watching these games, and perhaps it's not so sneaky, but Vikings have no pass rush whatsoever outside of Daniel Hunter. That's all they've got. So they have to send all these exotic blitz packages, and it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, and at some point, someone is just going to blow the doors off them. And I don't think Chicago is necessarily set up to be that team, but at the same time, with Fields and his ability to scramble and perhaps evade the blitz... Uh, I think that there is value in playing his over passing yards, which is under 200 right now, Ooh, which is wow. incredibly low to me. Wow. It's 197 and a half. So I would look at overs there certainly. And that would be my angle of attack in this game. Quiley Fields. I mean, he didn't have a great passing game against the lions, but uh, he was trending in the right direction before that. I mean, his, now, admittedly, he had a very bad half against Minnesota before he got hurt. But previous to that, 282 yards on 29 attempts against Washington, 335 on 35 attempts against Denver. He's just looked better as a passer. And he was, you know, 16 at 23 for 169 against the Lions in a game where they were largely leading. So uh, I think that field over is the way that I, I would approach this one. I um, love that look. Yep. Cool.
2: The uh, controlled, yeah, the controlled environment just makes that just compound it all. Like yep. on that fast turf, he should, uh, he should, he should be able to uh, to do it both ways. And uh, yeah, getting 200 yards passing, a healthy set of weapons. Questions about the secondary here for uh, you know for the Vikings. Uh, yeah, this uh, definitely checks out. And I guess we still don't know who the seventh seat is going to be in the. Uh, NFC. I think we're going to end up with a little Green little Bay. bit of a little bit of a race here between Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. Is that crazy?
0: Yeah, I can't have the Bears in there, I I do think the Week 17 game between the Vikings and the Packers might be the game that uh, that does decide that. Uh, I believe that's in Minnesota, but yeah, I mean, I guess there is a little bit of intrigue around that. Uh, two compelling teams, in a way, with the way Jordan Love is playing and Justin Jefferson will presumably be back by then. That must have been one hell of a hamstring for Justin Jefferson because he's going to yeah. miss seven games in eight weeks because yeah. of it. So, uh, I've was, not really seen that too often. Was there something else <laughs> that we never heard about? No idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've there have been, off my top of my head, and... In Australian football, uh, I think Nick Riewoldt, uh, who Australian listeners will know fondly, uh, I believe he did his hamstring and was out for four months. But I think that was like hamstring off the bone type of thing. And I don't think that's (laughs) what happened with Jefferson. Um, But uh, it seems like he will surely be back. Uh, after the bye uh, against the Raiders in in week 14. Until then, Justin, uh, we will do without you on Monday Night Football uh, and we'll live in the world of Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favourite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com NBC sports from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor, you're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So, whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.